I am unashamed. What about you? So one of the one of the great benefits of having record cold temperatures is that duck season is open in states where it's not open in Louisiana. I mean, there's my dream life would actually be just to start in Canada and follow the ducks all the way down. But you got to remember, we're the last state on the North American continent. We're the last state. We're far as you can go. The blue-winged teal going into Mexico, but most of them that come down, Louisiana is the end of the line. Well, even the mallards, they'll stop short of South Louisiana. That's right. And these ducks are migrating from Canada, the Canadian prairies. That's why I sing Canadian National Anthem, uh, (laughs) never missing a lick when I look up to the heavens and I see these Canadian mallards coming. But anyway. I do that. You sing it. Jay's figured out. Oh, Canada. You you bet. Jay's figured out that the migration was about mid-continent because getting reports from duck hunters who are saying they're here, they're not here. Well, he figured out they were about mid-continent. So Jace tells me the ducks have migrated down mid-continent. We're down on the end of the continent. We need to go north because the ducks have come south, and we need to meet in the middle. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> well, actually, I called you and said I'm headed to Kansas because this cold front. I think the ducks, basically, what he just said. But I didn't think Phil would want to go. I, I don't know what Phil was like. It, it reminded me of that scene on Outlaw Josie Wales. You know when he said, "I reckon I'll be coming with you." <laughs> yeah. So I'm like. Okay, saddle up, partner. I'm Used there. to, we would we would drive to wherever we went to because in hope we'd get there with a the raggedy rig we were driving. These days, Jay said, well, we'll drive up, you know, take about nine, ten hours to get up there. I said, whoa, whoa, easy now. I said, look, it's a new day. A new day is dawn. Let's just catch an airplane and do like the ducks. We'll fly north. They're flying south. We can be there where they are in an hour. Yeah. So why not just go an hour instead of fight the traffic in a vehicle? Let's just jump on an well, airplane. Can I? Can I? So everybody around there was flying. The Mallards were flying. We were flying. Everybody flying. Can I tell you? Meeting in the middle. Can I tell you the real story? Phil said, "Hey, I got a free plane. I got free hours." On I never the plane. said the word free. I heard the word I, free. No, I said Miss K said she's got a got a plane already booked, the money and all, and I thought. Well, good night. Phil, I heard the word free. We're going to steal that plane ride. (laughs) I said, well, good. I'm in. So, look, I told Miz, I was like, well, Phil wants to fly, and he's got a free plane. And so, look, here's what's funny. Planes are never free, Jason. The next day, Kay calls me me and says, oh, I'm excited. You and Phil are going hunting. Now, uh, how are we splitting this this plane? And I said, no, oh, Phil said it's yeah. free. And 50, she said, 50? nothing's for free, baby. <laughs> she said, I'll send you a bill. Yeah. When, when Miss Kay on the phone, she told me as soon as the phone went, bong, she said, that cheapskate. <laughs> she said, trying to weasel out of that. He said, you know, y'all both going to out. So all Jace right. went all AOC and Mom went all Trump. Yeah, trying no, to save a few bucks. No free planes. No, I... I, I well, when I hung up, I think I, they finally settled this case. What about a third? That was her idea. I said, "Okay, I'll pay for the plane." I, it, but when I when she said, "No, we'll just do a third. I said, "Oh, since you said it was free," I was like, well, "You do whatever your conscience uh, lends you I to can do." I tell you this: whatever we paid was well worth the money. Well, it was because yeah. the Mallard Ducks. They came out of the from the four winds, and I mean, well, plus we were. I mean, sometimes it makes sense because we were reporting a, a podcast the day y'all left, and then we were doing something else the day you got. The back. idea was yeah. to get these mallard ducks and fool them enough so that they would descend from from three thousand feet flying by. Right. We wanted them at twenty yards. And did well, it that's ha- exactly did it day, what oh, we had. The first day we didn't see as many ducks because it was so cold. You know, in in Kansas, I mean, it freezes. It raw. It was cold, so we hunted a river. It was a great experience. We saw we had this huge buck come right up in front of us. You know, and uh, 
then the ducks, the hole we were hunting, the ducks kept going to somewhere else. And I was like, where, where are they going? He's like, why? They're, there's nothing back there. I was like, well, they're not, they're not lighting on dry ground. So I'm the type of person, when I see something like that going on, I want to go see what it is. I was like, is that your property? He's like, well, yeah. So we get out a map, you know, Google map in the blind, and we look, and there's a little pond. I said, well, there's a pond on your property that you don't even know you own. I said, We're discovering duck habitat with the yeah. owner of the property, and he didn't even know the he habitat didn't know was, that. was back there. So he's like, well, I was like, he said, you can't I go think there. he knew it was there, but he just never had food. Well, he didn't, he didn't think it was big enough to hold ducks. And he's like, well, something's happened. He's like, but you can't go back there. There's a creek you got to cross. Well, the next thing I know, he's he got a trapper buddy of his who traps. And we're hauling a boat. We cross a creek. You know, I'm walking half a mile. And so well, when we get to the pond, the beaver, uh, ducks just, that's where they were going. Ducks poured out of there. They had made, they had kept it unfrozen because there were so many ducks. And what was weird about it is that I look up under the ice and I see a snake. And I, I'm i thinking, look, this snake froze to death. Well, I didn't know that my guide, the trapper, uh, Elroy or whatever his name was, he, he all of a Tim, sudden. You he, have a guy named Elroy? He's a trapper. <laughs> they don't name, you don't, you don't, if you're a trapper, you don't have a name that's normal. That dude was highly and, intelligent. He flew, oh, he, he was an airplane pilot for United guy, Airlines. Well, that's what I'm eccentric, saying. You know what I mean? Elroy he, was on the Jetsons. But he chucked a few beaver on the side. I'm thinking, an airport, air, 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 air. Well, this guy was, a, he was, he was, he was one of them now. So look, we he's tapping the ice because I was like, "There's a snake that's frozen." That you know, that was dumb. He should have found him a hole. You know, I'm thinking the snake's dead. Well, he he taps the ice, and I'm looking like the snake's not dead, and it it was huge. I mean, big around under the ice. Yeah. So he grabs the snake. Well, the snake comes alive, and he just reaches down and grabs him by the head. I'm like. I'm out of here. Whoa, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> You're thinking We're, cotton mouth. That's what I was thinking, but I didn't realize in Kansas they don't have cotton mouths, you know, because you wouldn't ever want to do that. So then all of a sudden he turns into the snake whisperer and is telling me, oh, no, you can tell by looking at the pupils of his eyes. And I'm like, well, you, I would never get that close to a snake anyway because <laughs> yeah. I, I shoot and then identify. He looks bad, but he's what we call down here in the south a water rattler. Yeah, but he's non-poisonous. Oh, like but the ones we have in the river. You see him. Oh, yeah. yeah but yeah. he's a big old thick. Yeah, know, but they're they're scary looking. Yeah, I don't like messing looking. around with, them. and they'll bite you. So I mean, we left, we left the river. You know, when we go there, you hunt all day because they don't fly to the warmest part of the day. And we had a good hunt the first day, but the second day, they came from the forehead. We we literally saw the migration happen, and it was in the middle of the day. It yep. was probably what noon. Noon. You looked up, and they literally there were ducks in every direction coming and we had a little problem for the first 30 minutes getting them in the hole because our decoy spread wasn't right and, i enjoyed uh, the banter between two hard-headed guys in their 40s me and my Jay, buddy jason Phil, i'm 50 now he's 50 okay. yeah, it's 50 good night but uh <laughs> you're making me seem old Jay. but there you I, are I, the banter they were back and forth the old dog i'm just sitting in the middle there listening to them and every five minutes, they'd go rearrange the decoy spread, and they'd go back out there again, and they'd go back out there, back and back and back, saying, I don't know what the wrong will be. But they finally figured it out, and we looked up, and they started coming. Well, you think about, though, Barrett. 20 yards. The reason Jay's is friends with Barrett, he's like Jay. He's a northern version they of Jay. They are exactly alike. Paranoid of every little thing. I, when you're looking out there, hard-headed, arguing with a signpost. What are you trying to say here? Uh, I'm saying that Barrett is the Both northern version. Both of them version. were trying to get into the mind of a mallard duck so that they could fool them, but uh, it was it was worth watching. But, I well, enjoyed it. Well, did we pull it off? The pull first it off. Third, look, every time the ducks would come and not come in, we immediately went out into the decoys, and he's like, I think we ought to you know, move them here, move them there. I'm they like, finally get the flappers right. out. <laughs> then when we finally got it right, then it seemed easy. Yeah. I like the argument though. We're, we're you you got to try to figure That's it out. You I'm can't keep about. doing the same thing and expect a different result. You know how I met Barrett back when we used to have phones attached to the walls and we would answer them. You know, because you didn't know he, who was calling. He called because he was intrigued by our faith. Because we've never been ashamed of our faith. That's what we're doing here today. And uh, and he was a big duck hunter, but he didn't have anybody 
that likes to duck hunt and he owns his property and uh so he called which is now that i know him is something he would never do but he was just intrigued and he called us he's like i'd like for y'all to come hunting up here and we'd get a lot of those requests and we very seldom would do it but we were on a trip somewhere else and we didn't have a good hunt and we were heading home but i had i put his number in a notebook just in case we wanted to check it out and so i started to call him you know and i was asking for he's like no and but then i said you know i'm going to do it so i call him and he's like oh i got him you know come on and then when i hung up but phil just said no i just don't because barrett's kind of a high-strung guy you know well barrett calls back and i forgot where we were and he stuck his phone outside his camp and there were thousands of mallards hollering and then he and jay showed me a picture of it and i had been saying i too far to go when i saw that i said Book it. Book the trip. <laughs> Book it, Dano. But the bottom well, line is, yeah. all these years have passed since the apostles wrote what I am fixing to quote. This is Luke the Apostle. He's telling a story. Underneath that story is how were the Gentiles, that's all of us sitting at this table here and out there in the world. You say... You know, our salvation's from the Jews. You say, well, when were the Gentiles brought in and how were they brought in? This is the story of how we received the grace of God handed to us because the Jews thought it was just for them, you know, and they were, boy, you're talking about racism. It was going on back then between Mm -hmm. Jew and Gentile. So God, in his mercy, shows Peter a Jew he gives them a picture of the way it's fixing to be because they had all these food laws under the law of Moses. The Gentiles, a bunch of heathens, they didn't food with the food laws at all. So he sends them a story. It was about noon the following day as they were approaching the city. They're Where on you a trip. At? Where are you at? This is Acts chapter 10, oh, 9 yeah. and following. Yeah, like Peter it. became hungry and he wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down by its four corners. The sheet contained all kinds of... Now, listen to this list, ladies and gentlemen, because last week, one of one of you ladies uh, was mouthing off, I don't read the... Uh, the uh, I don't have a cell phone. Someone gave me this information that we had a naysayer because when I was with the president... I said, well, if you're pro-God and you're pro-America and you're pro-gun and pro-duck hunting, I said, that's all I want out of life. So that's I all, will, I that's will, all you I'm said. behind you. I will vote for you. And she said, the naysayer, I love you, darling, wherever you are. The naysayer said, I, I got everything pro-God, pro-America. But but I didn't get the duck part. I, I don't understand where he was going with the duck. So listen up, and I'll show you about the ducks. <laughs> Peter, he he falls into a trance. Heaven opens, and here comes a movie screen, a giant one, descending from the heavens, and it contained all kinds of four-footed animals, which would include bears. Was this the first movie? I guess it was. Yeah, first movie ever recorded. And deer, four feet, squirrels, four feet, whatever. Moose, four feet, four-footers. It's on the movie screen. As well as reptiles of the earth. And listen, and birds of the air. Now we're talking ducks, geese, pheasants, quail, doves. We're talking birds. And a voice coming out of heaven said, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. A new day has just dawned from the law of Moses. Now everything is fair game. Now Peter's arguing with God, I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. They were very, very regimented. No pork, no catfish, no certain birds. The voice spoke to him a second time, you don't call anything impure that God has made clean. Hmm. From that, he was wondering about the vision God contacts him, sends some Gentiles to him, and they end up, Peter asks, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? 
because the Spirit just descended on them like it did in Acts chapter 2 and coming out of the heavens. It's a wild story about how God brought the Gentiles in via showing Peter that there would be no no uh, favoritism toward anything. In fact, Peter said, I now realize how, this is verse 34 of Acts 10. I now realize after that vision, God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and who do what is right, no matter what they're eating. That's the point. He yeah. sent them that vision. This is the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who's Lord of all. You know what's happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. He goes through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the story that, that they wrote down regarding Jesus, his life, his death, burial, and resurrection. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. How he went around doing good. By the way, this is the code we should live by as members of the kingdom. Because the king, he went around doing good, his lifestyle, and healing all those who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We point people to Jesus, therefore they're healed from the power of the devil. And you say, what do you do in between that time? We just do good. That's all. And these people, the first Gentiles were added to the kingdom. I don't want to get that done. And the, and the rest is history. That's all right. Somebody's calling in, running their mouth again, probably. <laughs> You're smart now. That's outrage. that woman calling in. She That's said, your now I, I get the duck because birds of the air, honey. I've got orders from headquarters, by the way. If it walks, crawls, flies, or swims, I have been given full authority from the God who made the birds and the animals and us and the cosmos, full authority, kill them and eat them. So, so you remember the, the woman from uh, Time Magazine was down a few years ago. She was a, a vegan. Yep. And she was in gun control and some other things, but she was doing a, a piece on you for Time Magazine. Yep. She she was uh she is an Aussie, but she's lived in New York for 20 years. Yep. And so it was really interesting because good woman. Good woman. And so and did a fair piece on you. Yeah, I like vegans cuz it's it's more for me. You she know? was right. anti anti meat. She no was eat, anti no meat. meat. But yeah. it was really interesting cuz dad kind of made his case. He was like, "Look, I don't, you know, I don't care if you eat vegetables or whatever you want to eat. Yeah. You know, just don't mind if I eat meat, you know, because, you know, we're, we're coexisting here. We're back to Peter here. Yeah. So you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You bugs. and her bonded over a a biscuit with Mayhaw jelly because you were showing her all the stuff we make from the land. And in and, and that. And, I was I was showing her that not only is there deer meat, squirrel meat, duck meat. And we're going out in the wild. Don't forget frogs. Frogs. Frogs, fish, and we're harvesting those things. God says, look, birds of the air, right. beasts of the earth, I mean, fish, the reptiles of the earth. If you, if, hey, things that some people wouldn't eat, everything is created by God and is good to eat. So, so no more food laws. So Especially what, in Louisiana. She had had a self, she was trying to self-impose a food law that she observed on me. Right. Because you asked her, you were like, is this for some religious person? She said, oh, no, no. I mean, so she didn't have any preference for herself even. And then so you were saying, well, look, don't put it on me. So it impacted her. And so she, so you you took her, I remember you took her in, I was there, you took her in the kitchen. She ate the mayhaw. This is great. You know, that was. I told her the mayhaw came from the same woods. Right. That the ducks and the deer. Because they eat that. Which is I gave her two two examples. I said, it's a berry. I said, do you not want me to, Eat meat because it's not biblical. I said, because I have Acts chapter 10 here. And, and she said, oh, no, 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 no. She I'm, didn't care about I'm that. I'm not a religious person. I said, well, what about the Constitution of the United States? Does that forbid me eating meat? She said, no. I said, so let me get this right. You woke up one morning and you decided that you were going to not eat meat anymore and you were also going to bind what you bound yourself with on me. I said, girl, I said, I don't like golf. I said, but I don't mind if people play it. It, it, I don't like it. So here's here's where the story went, which I found really interesting. So I'm the contact person. She leaves here. She's in town a couple of days. She leaves. She goes back to New York. She sends me an email. She said, thanks for arranging everything. The piece will be out whenever, whenever. And she said, and tell your dad 
that, you know, he really had some interesting points I hadn't thought about. And so I was really curious. And so I went to Cotton, which is a local restaurant here in town, and they serve duck wraps, which are pond-raised duck. They're not wild duck, but still ducks yep. with a little piece of bacon wrapped. Muscovy. Around. Yeah, Muscovy with a little bacon wrapped around, a little cream cheese in the middle. She said, and I was intrigued, and so I tried one. And, you know, he's right there delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so I think you kind of won her over. I mean, I don't know that hey. she's eating meat, but at least she was willing to say, you know, that old guy's not as crazy as he looks. You know, he's like an Airedale dog. He ain't as dumb as he well, looks. Well, maybe so. <laughs> I didn't hold it against her. No, and she did a nice piece, and and contacted me two years later to write a piece for her about parenting. She said, you know, one of the things I noticed about your family is you guys have a multi generational connection to one another that impact her because she's yeah. not even married, and so yeah. so she's like, would you write an article? She it was at Thanksgiving, which is this time of year. She said, would you write an article about how you achieve that? I said, I would love to. And talked about how generational faith works in through family, and that's how you stay close. And there's, something, there's something therapeutic about living off the land and providing. It you is. Know, it's, I mean, my wife always, who you know, she was a city girl, and she wouldn't eat any kind of wild game, but, you know, she once she would try it, she'd have the same response, like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's just life-changing. And now I can tell she she views it as a respectful thing that I can – in a in yeah. a clean way, go instead of just going to the grocery store and realizing, oh, you know, hamburger meat is not saran wrap. You know, <clears throat> humans did that. That you can actually go take a deer, harvest it, clean it, and be eating it within 15, 20 minutes, and it's greater than anything you can ever yeah. eat in a restaurant. For all you listeners out there, just remember this. This is Romans one twenty one. Don't forget this. Old writings, 2,000-year-old writings written in the 50s, 50s A.D. Although they knew God, the human race, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, which we do both when we go hunting and harvest the animals. Their thinking became futile. Their foolish hearts were darkened. You say, how did that manifest itself? Although they claim to be wise, well, there you go. They, their authority on everything, including harvesting animals. They became fools. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man, birds, animals, and reptiles. They worshiped, therefore God gave them over to gross sexual immorality and it says they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. That's exactly what we do in modern day in the United States mm. of America. That, that is exactly where they are, their minds. Because they and thought nothing we, has changed. They thought they were, it all came on a basis that we're eating our ancestors, which would seem weird. I, I would That's give right. you that if, if we did come from animals. Well, yeah, that would be weird. What yeah, they're right. saying, Al, is we yeah. are animals. Why yeah. would we right. turn on each other? I think that's yeah. where it all went went down. It's amazing hill. that they'll kill their own children, but they get mad at me for killing animals. Pretty amazing. And eating them. And eating them. Yeah. Although, you know, there's the, uh, everything's out there. We've talked about before. You walk in a grocery store and, you know, all that stuff got there because, you know, it had to be harvested. So, But people just don't, 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 they're not. Doing the reality. Right. It's not a reality check. You know, I mean, look, I married a woman who I, I, she was literally not putting the animal with the package. It just was like in some kind of weird denial. I'm like, well, you, you see me clean a frog and you're like, oh, I can't, well, I can't eat that. I was like, if you saw any other animal harvested that you buy in a grocery store, but since it's neatly packaged, they're like, oh, well, it's not, it's not, that didn't happen. (laughs) The metric tons of millions of metric tons of beef, pork, chicken, turkey, fish, millions of metric tons a day. It's just being killed, processed, packaged, and ends up Mm. in the supermarket to just say, that's not the way to roll. It's not uh, logical. So we uh, we got our friends that equip is what they're called. They've got an electric toothbrush, which is uh, 
way more powerful than just a regular toothbrush because of what it can do to your teeth. I think we're all pretty much in agreement that uh, taking care of your teeth is important. Yeah. You you get basically get two sets, right? You get the set you get when you're young, and they all fall out. Then you get the next set, and that's it. That's all you got. So we think it's important. Of course, you look at you look at this crew, and you think, man, I bet they didn't brush their teeth and you know, years, but actually that's not true, right? What's that got, a double-A oh, yeah. battery? Of, well, I don't know, I'm looking. Yeah, it's got a it's I battery actually, operated. I uh, brushed my teeth before I came in here. Did you? But I had a long day in the well, blind. We're glad. So we need to get you a, a quip. We're in close proximity. Yeah, order me a couple of those, Al. I, I, I'm just looking at them. So basically, they sold me, and all I did was see see one. Jay's got one in his hand trying to get the thing on. And, and look, it's even it it's even uh, foolproof because it's like thirty seconds intervals in your mouth. It hits a little different wine. You'll know when to work on yeah. the next set. The next, really? you know. So you're working on oh, all there sets. You go. I got it. Here you go. So thirty seconds, yeah. and then it'll hit another pitch, and you'll know to go inside, outside. And it's basically foolproof because I figured out how to turn it on without reading. You boys need to give me a Christmas gift like y'all usually do. <laughs> I want a Christmas gift of a couple of toothbrushes. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna get Dad some quip, and that's what you all need to do as well. I mean, they just sold too if they don't sell anymore. Right, <laughs> not, right here today. And, and here's the beauty of it, Dad: you don't ever have to shop again. They're gonna send you some new brush heads, some floss, some toothpaste. Well, good night. Right here, every three months, it's gonna show up. Three million people have already signed up, so we want to get some more of you to sign up for Quip. So you get quip.com slash Robertson because we believe in good, clean, healthy hygiene for your teeth. You can also use them on your treasures if you're a metal well, detector. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah, you just, you're finding more uses for soapy it. water. And get if you're a treasure hunter like Or Jason. cleaning other areas, other things okay. besides oh, let's, let's, okay. let's Get quip.com slash Robertson. Uh, basically, he's going to get a free refill plan, which is great. Get Quip, Q-U-I-P dot com slash Robertson. Sign up today and clean your teeth, your treasures, or whatever else you need to. I'd like to try that. I've never had an electric toothbrush. Ever. Never heard of one till today. Well, and we don't realize how spoiled we are here because... You know, I go to Africa every other year or so for some different, you know, projects that we support. And, you know, you roll into Liberia, which is where I'm going in, in mm-hmm. next week, and it's just th- there is no choice of that. I mean, in other words, somebody – you see a few chickens running around and somebody will go out and, you know, well, but everything – there's no store <laughs> with but everything in it. But at the same time, a, they have doves flying everywhere, but the government won't let them shoot that's right. them because it's crazy. they're, if they're God sacred, said, you know. Right. People it, are starving to death. Yeah. If God said one time – all he has to say is at one time, do not kill and eat at any time – Birds, animals, reptiles, fish, do not kill and eat them. I wouldn't kill them and eat them. Well, you'd be a vegan. All, you know, I'd ta- be a vegan. All I was had talking to, say to that missionary last night from Africa. Uh, what's his name? Isaac. That, Isaac. And I said, yeah, but we were just, I was waiting on a meeting, and I was like, do I bullfrogs? You know, he said, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, well, do you eat them? And he said, yes. And he, he referred to Acts 10. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, very good, very good. He's the giants, you know. And I was like, he's like, you, you should go to here. Africa. And I was like, well, I just might do that. You know what I mean? I mean, we were like planning a frog hunt overseas. Well, see, you like, did just tag in with me, and then you could know a frog hunt that river. Yeah. But I got to tell you, Jez, it's a... Uh, it's not for well, the. Then he started uh, talk, there, well, then he started talking about the black mama. And yeah. The, uh, Ooh, yeah. There's some, they the got some snakes, bad. The boa constrictors, and I was like, yeah. They got know. the king cobra there too. While you're there, Al, uh, just a little briefing to our listeners. Uh, let's see where is that Thessalonians. Uh, uh, let's see. You know where it is on the page. Yeah. If you can find it on I the page. I know where it is on the page. <laughs> it's over. That's why Dad can only have replica it's Bibles. Paul to Me Timothy. Too. I'm now done. listen to this carefully. For you listeners out there, you say, well, is there any, any other things about the animal world of vegans and all that? You got to remember, you say, you don't dislike these people. No. That hold to their own self-imposed food laws. Well, we love of course everybody. Not. We love them. Look. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, well, this is about 50 or 60 A.D., somewhere in later times, this will happen. Uh, 
in later times, some will abandon the faith. That's be where we are, kill animals and eat them. And they will follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. You're like, woo, this is rough. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. We're not, no that, we're not that rough on the self-imposed worship. But watch. They, forbid, they do two things. They forbid people to marry. Don't ever do that. Just use your head there, listeners, and say, is there anybody around in America that won't let certain individuals marry? Uh, research it and get back with me. Don't ever do that. They forbid people to marry because these are things taught by demons. And they order them to abstain from certain foods. Uh-oh. You say, that's two things you never want to do. Never tell a person if they want to marry, say, you can't marry. You have mm-hmm. to remain celibate. That's you are You are a hypocritical liar according to... This is I'm first, assuming you're talking about like some religious. First Timothy four religious is rules. where I am. Therefore, when they abstain from told them their people order them to abstain from certain foods. Everybody gonna be a vegan. Well, God created to be received with thanksgiving foods by those who believe and know the truth. Now here's the point: everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected in the food line if it's received with thanksgiving because it's consecrated by the word of God in prayer. We thank God every time we sit down for a meal, whether it's turkey, duck, deer, fish, or just beans and rice. We thank God for all the foodstuffs, and nothing is not allowed, not one single thing. Everyone in America needs to get that in their head and live by it because life would be far more peaceful. And in my case, in our case, I would say far more enjoyable. So you know so Dad, you're not of the opinion of the MSNBC host that said Thanksgiving is a questionable holiday. Because the turkey died? Well, she didn't elaborate, but she just yeah. said it's a question. I'm assuming it's because of the Indians. I don't know. Turkey's uh, out. I, I yeah. thought the turkey. I, mean. <laughs> I think it was the Indians, maybe, and the pilgrims. But what they want to do is wipe, why would it be questionable to get wipe out every place that serves seafood? For all fried chicken places would be gone. All hamburger joints gone. All steakhouses gone. I mean, go down the list, and you want to see a a, a, a downturn in the economy. Go with this bunch, and you got one <laughs> of gigantic proportions, and it includes a massive starvation worldwide. <laughs> well, I'm all in for Thanksgiving, uh, which we're in that season now, and because uh, we do uh, we do fried turkeys here, which are amazing. Oh, they're good. We do. Uh, Dad does a big uh, duck and dressing every year, and I have to tell you, if you ever outlaw duck and dressing. You have missed one of the greatest oh. greatest meals of all. And time. I grew up not liking dressing, and now I love it. I oh, mean, I can't get delicious. enough of it. It's a it's a very dad's dressing is a wet dressing, and so, you know some people's dressing is dry, but dad's is wet. What's the main base for that dressing? Cornbread, Corn- chicken, uh, uh, duck broth, um, I and cornbread. That, yeah, it's duck broth with with yellow cornmeal cooked up into cornbread. Yeah, and then you add. Onion, celery, uh, your bell veggies. pepper. You add the veggies to it. You, and by the way, the cor- except for the duck broth. You saute the vegetables, put those in there in your cornbread, crumble it all up right. in with some uh, Ritz crackers and so- regular saltine crackers, mm. crush all that together, and that's the base of it. You have your duck broth and your ducks over here. With Which duck, duck broth, fat makes the best oh, broth, right? It's really, ducks really good. Ducks makes your dressing yeah, It's supposed to be really good for you. Oh, right? yeah. That's the duck fat Everyone fries. that eats it. That would turn a vegan. That would turn them to duck. So mom does her uh, sweet potato pies. Yep, which are fantastic. Jay usually eats a pie at the I, first setting. I do. It's like a tradition. <laughs> she has them all there. I just because she makes like a dozen of them. I take one and I just eat it. <laughs> the whole thing. The whole thing yeah. is it, he sits and, down and eats the pie. I know. I've seen him do it. 
But sweet potatoes, most people don't realize there is an art to making a sweet potato pie. Because yeah. I've eaten some, I'm like, yo. Well, it's ruined me from any other. Moms are so good. Uh, you know, I've had some people, which I probably shouldn't have gone down this Boy, road. Boy, I tell you what, you, you know what? I, I go by your rule on this, which is we should all have in our world an open policy on well-cooked food and not-so-good-cooked food. And I told my wife, Early on, I was like, "Look, well, Dad told us that if you're if it's not good, I'm going to tell you, food it, has to be critiqued. It does because once you brag, trying to be kind, once you brag on bad cooking, you're insuring yourself of bad cooking. Well, they from lie that, from that misery. day on. Yes, so if they it's thought not you good, were telling the truth, if it's not good, I tell Miss Kay." Uh, I can't eat it, but if the dogs will. And if <laughs> me made... and the dogs, if we say, no, sir, if the dogs won't eat it and you won't eat it, you say, that's why well, I said Well, one thing I'll say good. about Dad is, and he's yeah. at least he is not hypocritical, because if you missed it on something, Dad's line is, nope. Missed it. Missed it. Missed it on that oh, one. I'm missed the same way. You've, if you're going to cook and you're going to and and really take some chances on that, you're going to have some disasters ever so often. But some of the members of my wife's family – they're like, oh, we heard you love sweet potato pie. And so they made one or they bought one. And I'm like, this, you know, it's hard for me to explain. <laughs> Once you have good ones. Well, I don't even want to try it because I'm like, so you I'll know take a little dizzy. bite. No, nope. <laughs> and so then they're like, <laughs> well, I thought you liked sweet potato pie. I was like, well, there's a difference. My mom has ruined me because this is not that. You like Miss K's sweet potato pie. So they're crying. <laughs> Basically, Al, what, what, you, what the, our audience is hearing is that godliness with contentment, it, it is great gain. Yeah. We're, we're content. With, with, we're, we're eating things out of the wild. There, there's no limits to foodstuffs. If you think about it, there's a certain amount of freedom in that and self-imposed worship or denial of foodstuffs it's just not wise right it, it's it's just not wise no me, but me people buying can't and, help it me know? binding a food law on you right. under the ten commandments of, and, and the law of moses food laws were there it was a strict code mm. but now all of that is gone well, by the way some of those food laws i'm convinced i mean we just go with it because god said it but a lot of that was to protect them. I mean, the reason That's why right. there was no pork yeah. in the desert is because you'd get trichinosis. You know, they and they the... call some of this stuff comfort foods, and that's what people who who miss out on that that you know they they just they're angry because they're I mean they need a box of chicken wings, you know, and just, <laughs> it just makes you feel better about life. I'm like, no wonder you're so grumpy and you're blowing the horn at me. <laughs> you know what I mean? If all I got up ate was celery and broccoli, I don't mind if you want to be a be a vegetarian. But but, but don't bind it on me. Well, right. and quit blowing your horn at me. You know what I mean? Uh, and get off like your anger. phone. Yeah, anger management. Because I'm over, I got gravy dripping down my chin. <laughs> While you're dip, dipping it in your gravy while you're driving. So, oh. so Dad mentioned the uh, having the line at the Trump rally. And by the way, this I, I've been wanting a MAGA hat, and, uh, but I never, I don't, I don't know where they sell them. So one now, show... His son sent me a box of them. So. I mean, why did you tell me? I've been trying to get one for like. I got a, some camouflage. He sent me a box of camouflage one. Oh, camouflage mag. I love yeah. it. So, Dad finally, somebody in the Trump team gave you this one, Dad. And I knew you never oh, wear. They? Yeah, you don't wear hats. So, uh, I got it. So, anyway, I one, never wear loud clothing, hats, right. shirts, right. pants. Are you fixed to give a fashion statement? Because this, I want to hear. I, I, I'm just. I, I'm just. With what I do, living on planet Earth, I just don't want to stand out. <laughs> I'm down in the middle of nowhere with a bright yeah, red hat. On. No, you're, you're not standing out, Phil. <laughs> you're you're so normal, Dad. Nobody would ever. I'm, I'm so normal. It seems strange, Phil. You're a cardboard sign and a tin can away from people actually putting money. I'm just saying, down in the middle of the woods and a thicket, and you have a red hat on. You're saying to all the animals and birds, "Here I am." Well, we talked on earlier podcast oh, people standing out. I can literally see Phil in an airport. 
before with thousands of people in five seconds. Oh, that's right. I mean, you're standing out. That's so why that, we can never avoid. You I, know. I must tell you, boys, it's become somewhat burdensome for me to travel around. I'll take. I'll give you that. This game ain't all it cracked up to be. Exactly is. So Phil's got like a camouflage. What is that called? It's uh, a, like a would it be a bandana? That's not a bandana. Yeah. That's not a. You don't roll it up because it won't. It doesn't have two fungus. I was wondering where you got that. All I know is this: <laughs> uh, I pay my taxes. I'm in Romans thirteen verse six. Uh, this is also why you pay taxes. It's necessary to submit. To the authorities. This not is a, only because this is of, a painful verse, Phil. Yeah, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. Pay your taxes, obey the people, whoever you're operating under, whatever it is, dictatorship, monarchy, you know, whatever, constitutional republic. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. <laughs> And he goes on to say, in the middle of all that, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Just get along with people. And as far as it depends on you, if it's possible, try to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. That's that's the biblical teaching. So that's where I am. I, I don't hate him for coming up with all these cockamamie ideas. But I'm just shaking my head. And it is interesting because we've been talking a lot about living in the kingdom of God, but obviously we're still citizens of, in our case, we're United States citizens. That's correct. Which kicks in some certain responsibilities that Paul basically talked about under the Roman Empire. Yep. Uh, Jesus said the same thing. You remember when they came to him and they were trying to, you know, trap him about paying taxes because they were like, well, you know, you're. You're a Jew and you're the, you know, but but would you pay taxes to Caesar? You know, and he just took the coin out. Jesus, you know, he just said, who's on the coin? They were like, well, Caesar. He said, well, give to Caesar's what Caesar's, give to God what's God. Precisely. Which is I like the story when he said, should we pay taxes? And because it, but Jesus showed that he had knowledge of that conversation. I mean, you just think about if you had been around with Jesus back in the day, he knew what you were doing, whether you were with him or not. So he'd come in, he's like, hey, how'd the, you know, whatever. <laughs> Peter had just got through, and he's like, well, should we pay the taxes? They're out there upset. He's like, go down to that lake. The first fish you catch will have a coin in it and go pay our tax. Or maybe was it two coins? I think it was just a coin. Yeah, he said, and pay it'll be enough. So not only did he know it was in the fish, he knew it was enough. Like it was a, it was a big enough you know, yeah. denomination I of a coin. Always as an outdoorsman viewed that story. I mean, the first time I heard it, I was just fascinated by it. I mean, you know, it's like they were probably running as fishermen to the lake. First one to catch the fish. Oh, it has a coin. Look, here's the coin. I mean, don't you know that was cool? That was pretty cool. You're right. I, I never thought about the idea that he knew he knew all the fish swimming out. He knew which one had the coin. That was going to be the one. Well, that, that, yeah, now he... God in no, flesh. Miraculously, probably. Did. I mean, it was a miracle, actually, but it was just amazing. He, he, If you read between the lines of that story, he was showing that he had, not only was he all-powerful, he put a coin in a fish that you're fixing to catch, but he was all-knowing. Yeah, It's like he come in, and there was not going to be a word of that, but he revealed that he knew the conversation you just had. You know, he was showing his omniscient, I guess, is the technical. So there's a, there was a question uh, from Pete uh, that sent, he sent a question in, and, and it was in this what we're talking about because he said, he, he, I love what he says, I know you guys, your main objective is to teach and spread the gospel, and he meant on our podcast. He said, that's the most important, and you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you, Pete. Uh, but he said, Pete my from? <clears throat> doesn't say well, y'all should make when people well, that that just, write in, they should yeah, say tell us where, where you're from. from. That's right. That so, helps. Us I want to get a profile. That's right. So he says, my question is, could you talk about this impeachment we're we're watching as Christians? How should you view that? And and he goes on to describe a little bit more. But I think he's asking the same question we ask all the time: when you see something in the political world, how upset should we be? I mean, obviously, we're supporting President Trump. 
at the same time, by the way, I was respectful to President Obama. I didn't agree with his policies. He was the president. Yep. I mean, I didn't treat him disrespectfully in my heart or my words. But he's asking, how do we how do we react to that? And I think it's a great question because we've been talking about we're a part of the kingdom of God, and yet President Trump is our president. He's not a king, but he's a elected president of the United States. So how do you deal with that? Because then these things are upsetting, and you know, especially in today's world, they're very polarizing as well. So what would be your advice for that, Pete and many others who struggle with In that like text that? I read a while ago, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law, all of it. Uh, children, honor your father and mother because you love them. You don't murder because you love people. You have to hate them to murder them. Uh, don't commit adultery. You love your wife, and you don't love someone else's wife. You have your own wife, and you love the fellow that's married to another woman. You love, it'll win out. You won't commit adultery. If you love someone, you're not going to steal from them. If you love someone, you're not going to lie to them. If you love someone, you're thankful that he's doing well in business or his life, and you don't want what he has. But you, you love him enough to say, man, you did well. He starts there, and then he says this, the commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, what I just said, do not covet. And whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. You say, what is the one rule that the kingdom of God holds on to? Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you think about it logically, if the 320 million Americans in 2019, if, if, they loved God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and they loved each other. Al, you would see a far different America than you now have. True. Any way you want to slice it, this is the best story ever told, and no story stacks up to that. Love God, love your neighbor, and uh, you'll be okay. And, and like you said earlier from Romans, you, I think it was Romans you quoted, as far as it depends on you, you know that's all you can Romans do. 12. Exactly. So all you can do is 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 be that person. You hope to impact more people to be like that. My advice to people about political matters, or you know, it's it's not wrong to be engaged. I think as Christians we should be. It's our civic responsibility. Jay's talked about on a, a past podcast about the you know the great right we have to vote, which yeah. you know helps us to be able to make changes in our leadership. But, you know, you can't just get where it's end of world for everybody. If Donald Trump gets impeached, oh, my gosh, you like, like it's the end of the world. I mean, it's not. It's, you it's can't turn, you can't turn it hateful. Uh, yeah. You can't be that bad. That's Unfortunately, our country is divided into basically two camps at this stage, you know, right and left. But I tend to stay out of politics overall. I mean, stuff like this. It doesn't seem very credible to me. I mean, to me, I feel like any time I put into this is a waste of time because it just doesn't. It just doesn't seem. It seems like this is. If there's something within the two camps that's unreasonable, I don't spend a lot of time with. I think the impeachment over some conversation. I'm sure if you taped every conversation of every president when he's dealing, they're dissect it to me yeah i mean you're, you're gonna you know if there's something glaring okay but i tend to stick to the spiritual matters and i think you know i'm gonna vote for people that's more in line with what this bible says america's it, whoever problem. wins out yeah. on that is where i'm going well, isn't it pretty fair to say the founders put in the impeachment clause just so if someone came in and they were the worst villain you ever saw in your life you had a way to be able to rectify yeah. that, but not because you disagree with their policy of Ukraine and blah, 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 blah. Well, they impeached Clinton, and, the, yeah. and, and really nothing changed. He was still the president, it, it, so I it, really didn't understand it. Yeah, because it didn't, the Senate didn't ratify it and, and put him out of office. And look, yeah. even in that case, we were probably, uh, looking back, I'm sure I was probably more, yeah, impeach that guy. But looking back on it, it was oh, the same I was, thing. And I was like, well, I mean, look, it makes the same well, thing. Like, yeah, I didn't well. agree with the way he was living his life, but does that make him not fit to be the president? See, I mean, it, me. it was I, a mistake back then. It's an even bigger mistake today. You know what I thought? Fallible, fallible you know what I thought? Fallible men. I thought 
man needs Jesus. That's, That's the right. only thing that can change your heart and ultimately change your behavior. You got to have the reason. You can't come up with because in the end we're all sinners. That's right. So I always look at it like the only time I bow up is when somebody you know they're not going to respect the flag or they're whenever they our country and yeah our they ideals. take do, do something like that. Now I'm opposed to that. I'll stand up and say that's not right because no matter what we disagree on or what political affiliation you're with, you got to come together for the people who gave their life so that we can have freedom. You know, that's good right. or bad, we. So I'll, I'll go up to that line, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to love and respect you as my neighbor, which is what you you. It's, it's uh, a spiritual fix, Al. It is. America's problems, It's it's a, they're spiritually but fixed. But you do that day by day with your own neighbor. I, I don't get up and rail about, you know, hey, you need to do this. I introduced Jesus because I know he can change the heart. And then I'm more concerned about my neighbor. Yeah. Because I'm like, that I can control. It, can I do... No, my neighbor, good. I, I'll share Jesus with you because he can change your heart. Well, That's we just had a, a gubernatorial election here in Louisiana. It's interesting because uh, last year some people approached me because they knew we were doing the show about running for governor because they didn't really have anybody on the Republican side that was a name recognition. And so it was interesting. I thought, you know, and that's an interesting thing. These are people that are asking that raise money and all that. So I, at any time you get asked something like that, I spent some time praying about it. And then I, you know, I called them back and I said, or they called me in a couple of days. I said, give me two days to pray about it. And then I said, you know, I think my job is to impact governors and presidents and people in government with this, with, with something more. I think I can do way more with what we're doing right here with this podcast and talking to people, what you've done to the president himself yeah. to impact spiritually rather than to be elected to office. So I admire the people that are willing to run. It's a great service. I appreciate what they do because it's hard now. We're so polarized. But I think our job is to do what we're doing, is to influence for good. So as Christians out there, you can never go wrong with that. I mean, if it's in you to serve in that capacity, go for it. But for the rest of us, I think we have to just provide that pattern you talked about of what kingdom living looks like. So That's it. Anyway, thanks, Pete, for that. We want to encourage you guys to, to keep asking questions. We're going to work those in uh, through our podcast as we go forward in the future. So we're excited about that and, um, and, and try to use your questions to kind of help guide our biblical view uh, of what's important. So uh, thank you for that. Keep listening. Keep telling others about it. Keep those questions rolling in. And uh, who knows? You may hear your question on the Unashamed Podcast. And tell us where you're from. Jace wants to know yeah. so he can build Let's a profile. Let's get to know you. Let's get to know you. Getting to know you. We are so glad you're watching and listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. That's going to keep you up to date with all the new episodes. And it's also going to let other people find out about our podcast. So keep spreading the word and watching and listening to Unashamed with Phil Robertson.